How often do we stop to reflect on our teaching? Hopefully, we take the time and opportunity to do it regularly so that we are teaching our students as effectively as possible. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about this idea of reflective practice and how we can use this as language teachers. It's also going to include a discussion of this idea of success criteria and how we can work that into our reflective practice. Now, I know what you're already thinking. This sounds way up there in theory world, but I promise you it's not and it's fairly simple and something that you'll definitely want to be doing when it comes to your teaching practice. So let's just jump in. Are you a language teacher looking for some reassurance that what you're doing in the classroom is on the right track? Or maybe you're looking for some ways to teach even more effectively. If you're one or the other or somewhere in between, you've landed in the right place. This is the World Language Classroom Podcast with your host, me, Joshua Cabral. You're about to get tips, tools, and resources so that your students continue to rise in proficiency and communicate with confidence. Let's jump in. Vamos, allons-y. Hello, my friends. Bonjour, mes amis. Hola, mis amigos. Welcome to the World Language Classroom Podcast. I am Joshua Cabral, and thank you so much, as always, for taking the time out of your week to listen to a podcast about language teaching. Makes you an incredible educator, so thank you so much for doing that. Just want to remind you that it would be really great if you could make sure that you are liking or following the podcast on whatever app you're using, because that way you'll make sure that you will get all the episodes on Monday when they come out and you don't have to wait for a social media post to remind you it'll just show right up in the app that you're listening on so take a look right now and just make sure hopefully if you're driving don't do it if you're driving but if you're doing something where you can look down at that app just make sure that you are liking and following so let's jump into our topic for today this whole idea of reflective practice and reflecting on our lessons and our teaching. So one of the things that I appreciate the most about the language teacher community is how much teachers want to be effective with students. I see so many people at conferences and writing blog posts and reading blog posts. We're always looking for ways to be as effective as possible. It's sort of like the foundation or the ethos of this group of teachers, these language teachers, all of us, that seems to be this openness and this willingness to engage in reflective practice. So as a community of language teachers, we embrace this idea of wanting to do it really well. So what is the usefulness of reflecting on what we're doing? Like, why reflect on it? So reflection and thinking about what we're doing beyond, oh, that worked or that didn't work, but looking a little deeper, because reflecting can help you, help me, help all of us to be more creative and to try new things that maybe we didn't consider. So it can be easy to get stuck in a rut sometimes, and it can be helpful to think about what we're doing and why we're doing it, and this can help to spark new ideas and ways of thinking. So if we're in that rut sometimes, taking an opportunity to step back to look at how effective something was, maybe we've taught the lesson many times, we've used this process or this methodology a bunch, and we're really comfortable with it, but maybe it is an opportunity to see, 
oh, maybe there are ways that I can modify this or do it in a different way or spark a little more interest. Any way of modifying to enhance is always a good idea. So when we reflect on our teaching and how things went, then that gives us an opportunity to be more creative and to make those possible modifications. So this particular process that I'm going to reference is from a book by Jay Moon, and it was published in 1999, still widely used, and it's entitled Reflection in Learning and Professional Development Theory and Practice. And it's not a book specifically for educators, for teachers. It's specifically about the idea of reflecting on the practice that we do, whatever that is. So I'm going to look at it specifically with a teacher lens. And so they say that the easiest way to get started with reflection, to involve yourself in reflective practice, the easiest thing to do is to ask yourself some simple questions about the experience that you want to reflect on. So think about how you might ask these questions about something that you're doing, whether it's a particular lesson or maybe a whole unit or just what your approach is to teaching. So think about how you would ask these questions and how you might answer them. So you might ask them exactly as they suggest in the book, or you might think of them in a little different way. But they start by saying, what did I learn? So if you can ask yourself, okay, what did I learn with this? Or what did my students learn with this? What do I need to learn more about? Or what do my students need to learn more about? Why did I feel that way about the way that it went? Whether it was a really good feeling or a not so great feeling? Or what was easy about it and what went well? Or perhaps why did that feel difficult? Like it felt like it was more difficult than usual, this particular unit or lesson or this year, this group of students. Why was it difficult and what possibly contributed to it not going so well? And then how can I improve in the future for the next time that I do this? Or are we in a place where I could make those modifications right now so that we can make up some of that lost ground in things that haven't gone so well? And then asking yourself, I wonder what would happen if, if you did something differently, if you did something instead. So these questions help us to look back at the way something went in our classroom. So there are questions that we want to ask ourselves after we've done something, not necessarily before, although we're going to look at success criteria and how that's a way of looking at it before. But reflective practice is reflecting on it. So it's like looking back at the experience that you had with it and how can you improve going forward. So if you take this whole idea of reflective practice and put a teacher lens on it. So this is where I was saying, yes, it can go into the world of theory with all of that, but it's actually pretty simple. So if we look at reflective practice for language teachers, you can kind of look at it as a six-step process. So the first thing you do is you teach a lesson, whatever that looks like. It could be comprehensible input. It could be teaching students how to do something with a content area within the language, anything, whatever it is, if it's writing, you're teaching something. So that's the first thing you're going to want to do is teach. And then the second step is to assess the effect of your teaching and what it had on the learning. 
So first teach it, and then you want to assess how effective your teaching was on the learning. And then based on that, step three is consider what can be improved or what you can do to improve the quality of teaching and learning. And then step four is to try those new ideas. And then five is to reflect on the effectiveness of those new ideas. And then six is repeat. So it's like wash, rinse, repeat, right? So we want to teach and then assess the effect of your teaching and what that had on the learning going beyond the idea of this is how the students scored, because that's more a reflection of the students, but let's also use it as an opportunity to reflect on ourselves as teachers and our part in what students did. And as I say this, assess the effectiveness and consider what can be improved, it's not necessarily that anything will need to be improved. It could have been outstandingly successful, and that's wonderful, and hopefully that's what mostly happens in our classroom. So as we're assessing the effectiveness on our teaching after we teach and we consider what can be improved, maybe we're finding little ways to do it. Sometimes it will be a big way because something didn't go so well. But I mean, I'm not putting this out there to say that we always have to be improving because things aren't going well. As part of this assessment, we will be reassured and confirmed that what we did was actually very effective. So teach, Assess what you are teaching, consider what can be improved if necessary, then try that new idea, then reflect on the effectiveness of the new idea, and then just keep repeating that. So the next time you do that lesson, go through the same process. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about reflective practice. And as a teacher, that is our reflective practice. And number three in there, that idea of consider what can be improved or how can you improve the quality of the teaching and learning, that step is where I see the openness of language teachers. Whether you're in Facebook groups, you're going to conferences, you're collaborating with colleagues in your own school, and your department, you're often looking at what other teachers are finding effective. You're sharing what you're doing, you're learning from them, whether it's virtually on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you're looking, looking at blogs when you're Googling around, listening to this podcast or other podcasts, whatever you're doing that you're giving yourself that opportunity to collaborate in some way and to find out what other teachers are finding effective. And also considering things like research. That's a part that comes comes into our teaching. You hear a lot about that on this podcast. You read a lot about it on blogs. And when you listen to, say, interviews with teachers, or if I'm talking about something like reflective practice, then you can say to yourself, how can I use that research and what other teachers are finding effective to inform my own teaching? So that is the really foundation of what I see with so many language teachers, and I'm incredibly proud to be a member of this community because teachers take this so personally and they really want to do a good job. So I think that that third step and you're looking for ways to improve upon it, that is where language teachers shine the most, where they're the most generous and helpful and supportive. So kudos to our community because I often see it. And thank you all for sharing out what you do and supporting each other, supporting me, allowing me to be a part of that whole process. And that's what we do with this podcast. So I want to pivot a little bit. We will return to this idea of reflective practice, 
but I want to introduce this concept of success criteria, and I'm actually reintroducing it as a part of this whole idea of reflective practice because it was first brought up by Tim Egan on episode 60, and our topic of our conversation was leading a proficiency-focused language department. So this concept of success criteria is from a book called The Success Criteria Playbook, and it is by Almarode Fisher, Thunder, and Frey, and it's from 2021. And Tim Egan first introduced me and all of us to this concept in episode 60 when he was talking about using this idea of success criteria within his department. And I also believe that he went on to present a workshop or a session at Actful on this topic as well. So this idea of success criteria comes down to these statements that specify the evidence to show whether or not you have met the learning intention. I know that sounds like really highfalutin and all that, but it's basically saying I can. That's what I can statements are, right? They specify the evidence to show whether or not you've met the learning intention. So What you want students to know and what you want them to be able to do by the end of one or more of your lessons. So that's what the authors specifically say in this book, the Success Criteria Playbook. So without learning intentions and success criteria, they write that lessons wander and students become confused and frustrated. So in terms of our language classrooms, you can look at four possible questions. And I will say that I'm using these since my conversation with Tim Egan. I have implemented these in my own world language department in my school. As we write our unit objectives and our can do statements, we are using these success criteria questions to guide us. And I would actually recommend that you do the same thing as you are writing your can do statements. So the first question is what will be learned? And then the second question is, why is it going to be learned? And the third one is, how will I know that it's been learned? And then the fourth is, what will I do with what I learned? So again, four simple questions for success criteria. What will be learned? Why is it being learned? How will you know it's been learned? And what will you do with it? And if you use this as the basis of your can-do statements, these success criteria questions, then you will know exactly, okay, I have the content of what I want students to learn or the skills. And why is it being learned? Like, why are they learning that skill? What are they going to be able to do with it? And then what will they actually do to show that it has been learned? And once it has been learned, whether the skill or content area, what are they going to do with it? And then you can create can-do statements that touch upon these questions, and they will help you to stay within the modes and really give you focus for how your lesson is going to be planned out and give students a really clear idea of what to expect, the ideas of what they're learning, why are we learning this, how will we know it's been learned, and what am I going to do with it? So use the success criteria questions to inform your can-do statements. It has really revolutionized and made much more sense for us as a department to use these as our guiding principles. I've actually recommended them to other department heads as well so that they can use them in their departments because they're often writing essential questions and unit objectives, 
And these questions are pretty simple, but they do dig really deep into the skills and the content area. So again, I will recommend that you consider them as you're writing your can-do statements. So when reflecting, when we do our reflective practice, when reflecting on what can improve the quality of teaching and learning, we can use these success criteria questions. So remember, we go back to our reflective practice, teach, and then assess the effectiveness of it, and then consider ways to improve it. So as you're considering ways to improve it as part of your reflective practice, you can ask yourself, was the success or the breakdown in what was learned? Was it the correct thing that we should have focused on learning so that students could do something? Maybe that's where the breakdown was. The why is it being learned? Was the breakdown there or was there a lot of success? It was very clear. This is why it was being learned. And then the assessment for showing mastery of skill or content. Was the success there? Oh, great. Keep doing it. Or was the breakdown in that area? And then the idea of were students able to do something with what they learned? If the answer is yes and it went really well, great, keep up the good work with that. And then if they weren't, then we can reflect on, okay, what can change about that? So teach, assess the effectiveness, consider some modifications, and as you're considering those modifications, look at that success criteria, which the success criteria questions, the what's being learned, why, how do you know it's learned, what am I going to do with it? That's going to happen as you're planning out the lesson and doing the can-do statements, but you can use them as a concrete way of reflecting reflecting back on what was effective and what was not. And then you can revisit the can-do statements for next time and modify as needed. And we can also look at formative assessments and adjust as needed throughout a given unit. The quick recap of this idea, which I told you it wasn't going to be all that theoretical and it's actually pretty concrete, is when we do reflective practice, we want to plan and teach using success criteria. So I know when we talked about reflective practice, I said teach, that's the first thing you do, but part of that teaching means that you have done some backwards planning and you have used perhaps the success criteria questions. So plan and teach with the ideas in mind of what will be learned, why is it being learned, how will I know it's been learned, and what will students do with it? So that's step one in our reflective practice. Then step two is to assess the effect of your teaching on the learning. And part of that will involve step three, where you consider what can improve the quality of teaching and learning, or is there a lot of success that you're seeing and there is no breakdown really, but maybe there's a little way you can tweak it to always make it a little bit better. But again, when we are looking at considering the effectiveness of our teaching to not always take this lens of something went wrong because a good outcome of that will be it was actually very successful. But if there was a slight breakdown in one of those areas of what was learned, why, how do you know, and what did students do with it, Look for some other ideas out there, whether it's in research, you heard something on a podcast, you read it in a blog post, you found it in a Facebook group, or you saw it in a tweet. 
all of those things. Ask questions about it in those areas. Look for podcast episodes on that particular topic and try out those new ideas. See how they go and reflect on their effectiveness with the same process of this reflective practice. And then just keep repeating that and keep repeating that going over. So reflective practice and success criteria, using them in conjunction with each other to make sure that our teaching is as effective as possible. So be sure to check out the show notes where you will see links to both of the books that I referenced in this episode, the Success Criteria Playbook and Reflection in Learning and Professional Development. So there is also a link to sign up for Talking Points, my weekly email newsletter with tips and resources for language teaching. And there's also a link to get in touch with me if you would like to work together, either in person in your school or remotely. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the World Language Classroom Podcast. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss a single episode. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WL Classroom. You can also see over 250 blog posts about language teaching at, you guessed it, wlclassroom.com.